I think uh, the standout player for me was uh, Pedri of course every Barca fan is in love with him the way he's playing the way he's linking up in uh, linking up with Messi particularly in the Sociedad game in the first half of that game uh, Pedri linked up with Leo Messi 10 times which was I think the highest anyone has ever linked with linked up with the goat this year and he is already showing signs of being a legend for us and i'm sure he's going to go places and uh, with coutinho also out injured that we're going to speak about like that towards the end he's going to get all the minutes isn't he and um, he's just ha- he just has established uh, his place in the team he's of course as we know the youngest player in the squad he's uh, four weeks y- younger than anzu fati also and um, he just he's just amazing only one goal this season but um, his link up play the, his key passes and all his numbers are way too much for an 18 year old so for me i think uh, that was the standout um, uh, moment or you could say the element basically this in this you know transition era of a season uh, what do you think aditya what stood out for you uh, this season so far uh, i think if you talk about the season we had some amazing results this uh, in the beginning i think uh, beating juventus uh, at home 2-0 was really amazing result even um, even the beginning of the se- uh, season right with the villarreal such a strong team uh, beating them 4-0 and then uh, celta vigo away with balaidos which is a really really hard stadium to play in and uh, barca beat them 3-0 that is an amazing amazing result but then um, yeah like um, like pulkit said i think pedri has been uh, one of the standout performers this season Uh, but then uh, i was really surprised the way uh, frankie de jong was playing in the beginning because uh, with 4231 and everything and people are saying that uh, he was uh, more suited to that formation and uh, uh, with common familiarity he was supposed to play much better but then uh, we saw that against uh, valladolid and even uh, slightly previous games and when he played the different formation with the 343 and uh, 433 he played much much better so yeah i think uh, uh, with frankie coming back to form and uh, anzu fati hopefully coming back hopefully this will be a much uh, better second half if you say for the season um so here do you think um do, do you agree with that or you have um somebody different uh, to how to say it, made made impression on you because obviously we know pedri we know the Uh, Sergio Dest coming in on the right. They were they were pretty solid, but do you have um, what was your basically your standout performer of the year? And if you'd like the the key moment of that of that uh, season so far, mm, I think like uh, Pedri and Dest are obviously there. As uh, Pulkit said, that uh, Pedri has been amazing with his link up, key passes. I mean, for an 18 year, it's too much. Uh, I think for me, the standout. Uh, stands i think araujo i think we forgot to mention how good araujo is and uh, how he has protected our backline without with the absence of pk and uh, how he is basically the no nonsense defender we needed right now 
like he hardly puts the wrong foot and he basically does the work which we really expect a barcelona defender to do you know like he is not basically the ball playing defender the fans want but uh, his uh, defensive game like the blocking shielding has been exquisite and also how did we uh, forgot to mention that uh, scissor goal if i have to say against i think valencia it was it was brilliant like um, hardly we have seen our barcelona defender being so athletic you know like not like uh, they are not but in a sense that uh, araujo offers a lot more uh, variance to the backline which i ex- which i didn't really expected i'm re- and i'm happy that he is able to do that and uh, the key moment for me i mean there are a lot but um, i would stress upon the win at balaidos of course i mean i don't like uh, having you know these uh, shameful records like we had the anota curse so now we broke the balaidos even though yeah, it was oscar garcia salta who is who are really who were really different from the uh, cadets um, salta which are now but i really liked how the team you know absolutely uh, broke down that record and now we have a win at balaidos after 5 years and another standout um, in my opinion will be the valladolid game i think it's not really a standout for me but uh, i felt that coman uh, did the necessary thing we needed a back three since you know we have uh, uh, we have fullbacks in alba and lest who aren't really defensively good so we needed extra protection in the backline and with longley and oscar mingues are being the ball playing defenders like i said now we can really have a three back and also have someone at the backline from on the left and right who can um, give a lot of vertical balls as i like to say or the diagonal balls so yeah that's that i think um, i think you're quite right in there in terms of the araujo um impact if you like because <clears throat> uh, as you said we have we have the kind of um tendency to fall in love with the ball playing uh center back he just uh recycles possession he does all the things that we used to see from pique however with the raujo yeah he, he brings in um how to say that defensive presence if you like that that is uh, been missing i know i understand that he made a mistake obviously against ibar but Again this is something that I want to I want to a little bit focus on before we actually move further up and um uh, that is the many people were uh, how to say criticizing Ron Kuman about the uh, the the defensive lapses if you like well we moved into three at the back and then you see uh the the type of mistake that Rouhu did against uh, Abar now that that thing can happen and the explanation given after that um because of th- that mistake came from the the way that we play and we should continue playing that way basically um this is something that i'm not uh, ready to criticize ronald kuman for because this is just an individual mistake so that type of individual mistake happened against uh, atletico madrid so it cost us 3 points um against eibar cost us 2 points and against cadiz if you go back and look at the the types of goals that we concede is the corner from and mingesa um scores an own goal basically and uh, the throw in that uh, alba lenglet and um, terstegen pick basically whoever you want to blame for that <laughs> but 
you see those mistakes and that accumulation of points, we could have been basically two, three points away from, from the top, if you'd like. But obviously, it's, uh, that's what football is. And those, type of, those types of mistakes happen. The thing is that I'm, I, I think everybody here in the podcast is kind of agreeing with that uh, statement that we're quite positive from the way that, that at least the team is understanding what, they don't, what they're not doing okay. So they try to cover that either through a change of formation or a change of personnel. But um, I don't think that anybody can say now, oh, they're not working or they're not trying or, you know what I mean? Like everybody's trying to, to be better. Unfortunately, that first half of the season and the way that the, the growing pains, if you like, from, from uh, having a new coach, from having that awful summer, from wanting Leo Messi to leave, you know, it, it should take a little bit of uh, of the team in terms of energy, in terms of motivation, desire, and all of that. So, considering all of these things and the fact that we don't have a president, being what the ten points away from Atletico Madrid, I get it. It's not ideal, but still, it, it is not the end of the world. Uh, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like that expression, if you like. Hello and welcome again to the latest episode of the Barca Times podcast. Um, I'm your host, Jory Yankov, and today with me are Pukit, Aditya and Sahil. Um, obviously, today is going to be a little bit more of a different episode. We're going to have a, a little bit of a look back into the first part of the season, if you like, although it's going to be, uh, it was played only 16 games, so not halfway through the season, but still, with the Christmas break and New Year's, I think it's a good uh, good opportunity to just recap a little bit of the um, that basically a whirlwind of a, of a season so far. So, guys, I'm going to start with a with a quick um, sum up for me, if you like, of the key moments of the season. And there was a little bit of a positive just in the beginning of the season when a couple of straight wins we had, uh, two clean sheets, and okay, we understood there the season is still young and we cannot really make too much of a conclusions from there. But then on. We found out that the <laughs> many people have questions with the four-two-three-one with a double pivot. Uh, many people have questions with the attacking selection, if you like, the attacking part of the team. So I think somewhere through, somewhere midway through the season, um, and more specifically the Valladolid game, we had a we had a extremely um, exotic twist in the formation, if you like. Uh, I'm. Like I'm currently working on an article that uh, covers the defensive, um, the defensive area of the of our game uh, during that season and just in general. How do we actually cope with the um, defensive situations when we are put under pressure? And um, I was mentioning there that uh, people would probably go a little bit crazy if uh, if <laughs> one of those games we run up with uh, th- three defenders, and that actually happened in the Valladolid game, and. Um, I think a, a lot of positives could be taken out from there. And um, I am honestly surprised. I'm going to take your opinion, obviously, on that, uh, the three defender situation as well. But I was genuinely surprised from the from the response, if you like, from the fans and from everybody involved with the club, how, um, let's say, relaxed they took that decision to, to, okay, roll out the three defenders and let's see what happens. I expected... A lot more of a pushback, if you like, from the fans and oh, we don't really play like that. We are Barcelona, you know what I mean. The the usual thing, 
um, that we have when there is a change uh, coming up in Barcelona. So I was quite positive. Uh, um, my reaction was quite positive to, to that change. And I'm quite happy that it was received like that from the fans, if you like. Um, so for me, that, that was the kind of uh, moment of the season, if you like. Um, a lot of positives from that game specifically. But I think this is something that it was, a, how to say it, a nice foundation, if you like, for the team to build on. And with all those young, young players in the team, I think it's a nice opportunity for them to still have a chance to express themselves and not be uh, too defensive, if you like, not be um, too much sitting at the back or being too much exposed. So the, the, the key moment for me from that, uh, from that season so far is the Valladolid game and hopefully we can uh, actually build on that. Obviously, we had the, the disappointment in, uh, last time out with the 1-1 draw with a bar, but I, I understand there we have another mistake that probably cost us the three points. A couple of chances again are missed. So I don't really want to put too much, uh, how to say, too much emphasis on that game, but definitely something positive starting to come out of Barcelona, if you like. That at least is my is my view of the of the situation so far. Obviously, still far away from the top in La Liga, but at the end of the day, we all knew it's going to be a transition season, if you like. We all knew it's going to be something um, bad along the way, but as long as uh, people around around the club, involved with the club, see some positives, I think we should be all happy with that at the minute. Uh, Pukit, what do you feel is for you was the the key moment of the season, if you like, or the standout player, or what? What do you feel was the most the most important thing this season? For that next segment, guys, we're gonna go to the um, to our thing that we like to do. Obviously, is the predictions, but this time it's not gonna be only for a game. Uh, we're gonna go through the basically the still the competitions that we have left um, that Barcelona is uh, part of, still competing for. And I'm going to go and ask you for your um, predictions. Where would they finish uh, during that season? Uh, in La Liga and Champions League, if you like. So, Pukit, I'm going to start with you. Give me your, give me your honest opinion. What, what would be a, an okay season for you? We're going to have a special uh, edition of the, of the podcast, obviously. A couple of weeks into the, into the new year. Um, discussing strictly the presidential election, discussing the candidates and uh, potentially what would uh, any one of them would bring to the table in terms of uh, actual plan and a vision for the club when he um, gets elected. So we're going to discuss that in, in more depth uh, in the recent weeks. Um, the next question, and uh, this is, this is going to ruffle some feathers in here. Uh, Ibrahim <clears throat> is asking... With the available Barcelona squad, what is your ideal 11? So, please, poke it, take it away, include <laughs> Trincao, include everybody. Yeah, man. You know, you, know, you know me, yeah, you know me. So, yeah, my Barca lineup is so far from the actual lineup. I think you're right. This is going to, you know, raise some eyebrows. So, of course, Ter Stegen in goal. Uh, I'm going with the back four. Not the back five that is being employed in the past two three games. Uh, uh, Dest and Alba because they're the only good uh, full backs we have, um, and Minguesa and Araujo uh, in, in the center half with uh, three midfielders: Teyang, Puj, and Pedri. A very dynamic midfield in my opinion. Uh, 
uh, a great partnership can be built between the three of them and with the current because andu fatih is out so he won't be in the lineup as the question was the current situation of the squad current state of the squad so messi as the nine with um, dembele on the left and trincao on the right that's my ideal 11 for barca uh if you have anything to add or edit in the lineup joro please go ahead <laughs> that's my lineup um is very yeah we start to straight away with a with a disagreement i'm not going to say disagreement but in my opinion the i don't want to say the best lineup but the one that i would like to see play is uh pretty similar to to what we saw against uh, valladolid and uh that would be jordi alba and dest uh, playing as wing backs we have uh, three defenders and in the current situation that will be lenglet araujo and mingesa I would actually play Pjanic and De Jong in the middle. I I quite enjoy Pjanic. Yeah, you Pjanic. love Pjanic, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah I, I quite yeah. quite enjoy Pjanic. Quite enjoy Pjanic. <laughs> I like him from Juventus. So is a uh, I by the way, if you look at just just what Pjanic brings, he's just the the Barcelona type of player. The problem for him is that we have too many of them. So this is I think what was the 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 negative uh the negative reception if you like or the the lack of playing time for him so pianic and deyong in the middle and i'm going to play pedri on the left side of the attack i'm going to play messi on the right side of the attack and uh yeah here is uh here is the um, the problem do i play bright fight or play griezmann uh here yeah, i'm going to play bright fight okay well, yeah that's <laughs> that is up to the I'm going to leave uh, one position to be decided for the coach and that's going to be the striker position. Ronald Koeman can take that decision and play whoever he wants to play in there. Obviously the goalkeeper nobody is mentioning that because I don't think there is a question in terms of the <laughs> who should be the starting goalkeeper, but yeah, I'm playing definitely with three defenders and um Jordi Alba and Sergio Dest on the on the flanks to 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 give a little bit more of the of of what they actually bring because there two attacking um uh, full backs and if we have three at the back they're going to uh, relax themselves a little bit more and just bump forward more frequently and with more how to say more desire and more purpose if you like so the three at the back for the minute i'm okay with that when pk comes back and ansu fati obviously there's going to be some changes in the team but at the minute let him play with three at the back and see what's going on um aditya what should be your starting 11 ideal starting 11 i think i would agree with both of you because uh, i think uh, just like um, kuman was in the beginning he shouldn't be fixated on 4231 or 343 i think i hope that 343 doesn't become his new 4231 where he goes with every game and puts out the same lineup and the same formation and the same style with everything i think it, it obviously should depend on the number of players that are uh, That would happen now. actually, considering the in- injuries and the tight schedule. I th- I don't think that will happen. He cannot start all the same players every game. It just can't happen. Practically impossible. But then, uh, I think uh, I wouldn't change much. I think uh, just that uh, you'd keep rotation happening in the games. I mean, play Alenia for a while and uh, play Ricky Puj for a while and uh, things like that. Uh, what do you think, Sahil? um like my uh, starting 11 would be stegen uh, the back four will be uh, Ara- araujo uh, mingueza 
Melbourne uh, the usuals. Um, in the midfield, actually, I'm a bit of a confused, you know, because uh, I like Pianic a lot. Uh, so what I will do is I'll keep the three of uh, Puig, Pedri, and uh, uh, De Jong, but I will rotate uh, Pianic with uh, Pedri as per the game and, uh, you know, the opposition. Uh, so if DJ can then become an interior, he can go forward and Pianic can play back when Pedri is out. The front three will be, in my opinion, of uh, Messi, of course, as false nine, as Polkett said. Uh, I, on the left, I think I will uh, uh, take Braithwaite, I think. My preferred choice. I think he makes quite good runs, in my opinion. On on the right, I will, uh, uh, you can say, uh, rotate between uh, Dembele and Trincao. I mean, Dembele will get more opportunities since, you know, he is playing good these days. Uh, he's getting back to his best, as I think. And, you know, if he gets injured, so you have Trincao as well to cover up. So, yeah. I love the fact that no one has chosen Griezmann in their lineup out of the three of us. I love this. And another another thing that I come up uh, as a as a how said something that I spot is that we have uh, currently on this podcast we have uh, basically said that zero criticism should be in the uh, in the direction of Ronald Koeman because even we cannot agree on a on a certain formation and style of play. So why should I, how, why should we criticize Ronald Koeman? It's like the three four people three four different teams. And uh, yeah, the only thing that we've seen as a as a something uh, how to say it consistent is that Griezmann is just not part of the of the <laughs> of the plans so far, nor continue in that uh, in that matter. To be quite honest with you, so that is a quite interesting uh, interesting discussion we had. I would love to see um, our audience what they feel should be the the best uh, starting lineup because if you see um, like. If we look at actual the actual comments of what the people are going to say, we're going to understand that there's a lot of uh, a lot of different opinions and a lot of people wanting to play Pooch, a lot of people supporting Griezmann and different types of things. So that's going to be interesting. And please, if you uh, if you'd like to share your starting eleven and your ideal eleven, please do it in the comments uh, below, and we would really, really appreciate that. Possibly we're going to shout out some uh, some starting elevens if we if the actual board of uh, Barcelona's podcast agree with any of those formations, uh, we're going to make sure we mention them on the next uh, episode. And uh, the final question <clears throat> comes from uh, Saunak Maitra, and that is uh, what should Barca do, not only in terms of the transfers, to do to be prepared for the next season? So I'm going to start here, just going to give you a quick um, my opinion on that, and we're going to go again through our through our guests. Um, guys, in terms of the... Not only in terms of transfers, I'm even going to leave the transfers alone because, um, as we said, the 24th, I don't really think it's going to be much activity uh, in that transfer window, if you like, in terms of people coming in. But in terms of what should they do to prepare themselves for the next season, is, I think that is the that is the right time, and uh, this season is the right time to actually assess the whole team. And by the whole team, I mean not say to Ricky Puch and Carlos Seleni as been uh, uh, as is being rumored that they don't really gonna play um, in the second half of the season. It's gonna be better for them to look for for new uh, for new teams to actually get some playing time. But 
I think it's better for 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 the team and for the players in general to actually all the players get a chance to play. So in the summer, you don't really have people coming from alone. And again, oh, maybe they don't really fit into our plans, into the ideas. How would you know if the, if the, the, the certain player is not in your team? So I think it's going to be better for them to, to actually get the playing time. There's going to be a lot of uh, key games and vital games uh, this season. So people like Puch, Alenia, uh, even Conrad, even the, um, the little boy now that is training with Barcelona, Ilash Moriba, like even even those type of guys, get them as much playing time as possible, because uh, next se- come next season you're still gonna have people that you need to offload, you need to uh, get out of the team because they're on wages and all of that type of stuff. So it's gonna be way easier to actually understand who can do a job for you next season and who cannot do a job for you next season and uh, start preparing from now because. If you wait for the summer, again we saw we've seen uh, this summer how the um, how the transfers can actually is a lot of talks, a lot of rumors, a lot of uh, people being offered to different clubs, and at the end of the day, nothing happens. And just players that actually can help the team. I'm not uh, highlighting here Nelson Semedo. I'm actually talking about Luis Suarez, the, the guy that can actually help the team now with uh, those lack of goals and as we've said before, the uh, he mentioned the the clear chances that are missed, I think some of those chances are put away by Luis Suarez. But again, for different reasons, the guy is no longer with the club. So instead of actually repeating that, that transfer window again, give yourself some more time and more chance to evaluate the team and make a reasonable decision coming the next summer and actually prepare a nice team for the season ahead. Uh, Pukit, what do you feel is gonna needs to change or needs to be done to actually start next season a little bit better? I don't think I have much to add for in what you said. Uh, you said very rightly that the th- things need to be changed on the grassroots level or transfer policy. The way we offload older players and the way we invest in La Masia or outside for that matter. Um, you know, in, in the transfer market, of course, a lot a lot of this depends on who is the elected president and how he uh, takes the club forward uh, uh, starting February, starting next month. And um, what's the philosophy? Who is the coach there? What's the playing style, of course? And like in the first question also, it was discussed about the winning mentality. So this was this is how you restore that mentality by completely rebuilding the squad, the dressing room, the philosophy, motivating the players that okay you can win we had a bad year that's fine but you can win going forward and you know getting the best out of the players in the best possible system and um, i think that that needs to be there and a lot of this depends on the coach because of course Komen is not the answer for to our problems uh, a lot of this depends on a co- on the whoever the coach is the president the policies how the structure is revamped and everything so I don't think I have much to add to what you said. Uh, what do you think, Aditya? How can we, you know, uh, prepare for next season? I think even if you talk about transfers, right? I, I think that the team is extremely well positioned because even if you compare to last season, right? Most of our positions have uh, two or even sometimes three players uh, uh, in line to play there because. Uh, um, if you look at the left wing also before, uh, we used to play Coutinho there in a 4-3-3 under Valverde and now we have uh, now we have Ansu Fati, we have uh, Conrad and then we have Dembele who can make shift to the left. So, I think uh, 
they're uh, extremely loaded. I think other than the striker position, I wouldn't see many transfers happening and I hope it doesn't happen in the midfield, especially with uh, all the players coming in. I think the only transfer that should happen is uh, outside the club because uh, uh, you can see a lot of these older players that are on higher wages. You could talk about, uh, you know, like Busquets and, uh, you know, maybe even Neto because we have uh, two really good goalkeepers uh, from the B team, Inyaki Pena and Arnau Tennis. And uh, um, so I think uh, no more transfers. But then if we talk about mentality, I think uh, the previous game, uh, Araujo showed amazing mentality. After the game, he went ahead and uh, uh, even in the press conference, he spoke about how it was his mistake. So I think uh, players coming from the uh, La Masia will bring that. And I think uh, even if you talk about uh, Kuman, right? Uh, in the press conference, he's always like, uh, this isn't our fault, we have been doing well, but then you see a different strategy with the Araujo and players like that. So, I think uh, getting this young blood kind of players uh, really helps our cause. Sahil, do you think uh, we should basically say our goodbyes to Felipe Coutinho? And um, to be honest, I'm quite, quite not sad, but he... He left Liverpool with the with the dream of uh, playing for Barcelona, and obviously nobody nobody liked the way that it turned out. So, how do you feel about basically what what could be the injury that basically says uh, goodbye to his career in Barcelona? I think uh, he should be sold. Like I'm, uh, I'm not really the one who would. Uh, you know, get uh, frustrated with the player not performing. But I think I'm done with Coutinho. Yeah. Like, uh, he, I don't really understand what he wants to do on the pitch. You know, expressing yourself on the pitch is a thing. Everyone does that. But what he exactly wants to do is, like, I have never been able to figure out. Like, uh, he has a signature of coming uh, in with the ball and then cutting uh, the back of the ball and shoot uh, on the top right corner. But I think uh, how many times will he do that? I mean, how much will he rely on that? And apart from the uh, that, he does some quick link-ups, which is good, which I think in the last match as well, he uh, assisted, I guess, uh, in the match with those uh, quick link-ups. But yeah, that's that. Apart from that, what does he offer? Like, um, I'm... If you ask me, I would rather have no wingers than play Coutinho. Like, I'm frustrated with him to that level. So, I think yeah, he should be definitely sold. And, of course, we have to give uh, Liverpool 20 million as bonus as well, if I'm not wrong. So, yeah, before giving them bonus, just sell him so that we are free from the bonus thing which Barthmo added in his release clause. Um, Sahil, do you think... Uh... Something along those lines? Do you feel that this is the um, more of a chance to give uh, some of the young players uh, some more playing time or you feel something different needs to be done? I think uh, you guys covered practically all of the points, but I want to add some of the things. Um, the first being with that uh, for the next season, I think uh, whoever the president will come, he won't be having much burden of this season since, you know, uh, this season is like, I won't really rule it out. But yeah, I think it's pretty much gone from her hands. I think I would like to put it that way. So I think instead of focusing on what's happening right now, uh, the upcoming president should be, uh, you know, employing uh, right people for the uh, right stuff and also 
in my opinion i think it is time for barcelona to put emphasis on the nutrition um, rehabilitation and all that stuff uh, and uh, in all that departments i think like uh, liverpool how they have adopted you know they, uh, they have a nutrition expert who has been um, known who has been renowned they have the fitness expert so i think it's time for us to do that because um, i think this this stat i have uh, heard read somewhere that during the start from the start of the 2019 2020 season till the december i mean that typically roughly means from uh, august to december we counted around 21 injuries in total like uh, in short um, in such a short span we counted so many injuries so i think there must something must be uh, something must be corrected with the medics team in my opinion so that should be the first thing because uh, in the next season i think the we have to take it a step further so i think this uh, should be focused and um, transfers as uh, aditya said i do have a lot of good people who gives 100% uh, whenever they play but i think for the lb position um i think we should go for ivan bernard i think he's a really good player uh, is very professional does the job right and he only like uh, recently got in uh, got off with the acl but before that he was in really good form he also scored a lot in the big games as well so ivan bernard will be my preferred you know lb uh, since now that alba is becoming old and he also has his fair share of injuries and stuff so um, that and in the cf position at least for now i would say let's try milik you know um, before his acl injury i think he was really good he's a fox in the box type finisher the number 9 i mean we can't really say he's the ideal number 9 but i think for the short term he can do the work um, you know if uh, for just in case that the haland transfer doesn't work out cause let's face it mino ravala isn't going to spare us he is going to take his bucks home and we all know how many bucks he takes home which i absolutely hate it till my gut so i think let's try with milik unless and until again you know he doesn't have a super agent uh, representing him so this two are my concerns and uh, yeah i think that's that Uh, just to add to this, uh, sorry, Zoro. Just to add to this, also like for the next season, we also don't know Messi's future. So the president, irrespective of whether Messi stays or not, needs to uh, the new president needs to basically prepare for life after Messi because that's going to be a tough time for us. So yeah. to yeah, so that's I think one of the key factors also. How do you prepare going to game going to the next season, knowing that Messi might or might not stay? uh so that that plays a huge role in uh, the dynamic of the team so that's there um so yeah it's interesting that that uh, obviously we all mentioned messi and the way that the his contract is ending mm-hmm. and basically he's just waiting to see what the club is actually mm-hmm. doing and what is the direction yeah. that they're going in so yeah. that's i think from the the mo- one of the most important times uh, in the season is going to be for me personally is going to be the period from 24th when the actual president is elected up until the the week that the transfer window is closing which is well roughly like 7 days 8 days so i'm like i'm not sure to what to what degree 
uh, it can actually happen, but we've understood that uh, Eric Garcia have uh, officially, well, not officially, but as official as it can get uh, at the minute. But Fabrizio Romano reported that the total agreement with Barcelona is uh, reached and he will join the club in 2021, possibly as a free agent in the summer. But uh, Barcelona is going to try to explore a uh, couple of options to try and actually get uh, the player in January. <clears throat> so, my thinking is that if an actual president come in uh, in January and he, he decides to, to start working uh, immediately on those type of things, uh, bring Eric Garcia, the, basically the messiah that everybody wants uh, in Barcelona, like, like he's going to all of a sudden, he's going to turn Barcelona into the greatest defense in the world. But anyway, uh, at least he's going to bring a little bit more of a depth into the team. So we've seen that transfers are usually where well, we can take an extreme amount of time to, to actually work out. And then it can take a little bit less time uh, as long as uh, the actual, mm, how to say, the actual things that are necessary for the transfer are done quickly. And according to Romano, the, um, the transfer is pretty much done. It's just a possible transfer fee uh, negotiation between Man City and Barcelona for the guy to come in in January, but that is obviously not a not, not I, I don't want to say it's a priority, but it's not something that uh, is going to fix the club immediately. But I think that period from 24th up until the, the end of the transfer window is, a, is an opportunity, is a possibility for, for Messi, for the, for the people involved in the club to actually understand what the needs of the club are and to go and try to sort them uh, or sort at least some of them in that January period because uh, I think that's the one way to show Messi that, okay, we are really um, really into this stuff and we want to keep you in here and we want to make the team better. So I don't think uh, 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 empty promises and just, oh, wait for the summer, we're going to bring Haaland, we're going to bring this and that. I don't think that's going to work out. Um, necessarily. So, my feeling is that in January we're gonna have a, we're gonna we're gonna have a couple of answers to to some of the questions that we have uh, pretty much um, over Barcelona in the last what, six seven months. So, yeah, I think pretty pretty important uh, pretty pretty important period of um, of the year is this one. What a um, time to be alive for Barca fans. What a time to be alive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in in terms yeah. of the news, we have a couple of uh, things that I want your opinion on. And guys, just basically uh, feel free to join in whatever time you want. We have obviously announced today that uh, Pochettino is officially the, the new Paris Saint-Germain coach. Um, we have a uh, couple of reports that uh, suggest that Messi is looking looking in that direction. He has obviously connections with, uh, with Pochettino as Argentinian. He has uh, Di Maria in the club. He has Neymar in the club. So that's been one of the possible landing spots, if you like, for, for him for quite a while now. And um, the other one is obviously Manchester City with going back with Pep Guardiola. But uh, the minute, not much of a, not much of information on that on that side has been out so far. So we're gonna. We're going to relax a little bit from in terms of Manchester City. Um, the next one is um, uh, Ilash Moriba obviously had trained with the first team uh, in the last couple of days. Um, hopefully he gets some, some playing time, of, probably for the Supercopa. Not really sure when and where he's going 
he's going to get the minutes. But another positive, uh, if you like, addition from the from the Masir, from the B team, he's coming in, training with the first team, getting the opportunity. Hopefully, um, he's another youngster that can actually help the team. Um, guys, this is, an, uh, this is an interesting one. Coutinho has been had surgery, I think it was yesterday, if I'm not wrong, uh, and he had uh, um, a, the length of the rehabilitation was uh, determined to be around three months. Um, many people were talking before that about uh, should he go in January, should we try to sell him and all of that stuff. What do you feel about about Felipe? And um, yeah, what should we do with Felipe? I mean, uh, his season is over now, isn't it? Uh, three months, uh, he's going to take to recover. Then he won't be match up. He'll come back to full fitness in maybe April or something like that. So his season is almost over. And uh, he was never a good fit for our system uh, style of play in the first place. And it was one of Bartomeu's uh, decisions, like, like you mentioned a few minutes back, that his presidency has been very hard on us. So... And now selling him also will be a task because we are not going to get even half of what we, or rather one-fourth of what we bought him for. And his wages cannot be afforded by a lot of clubs out there. Only maybe like PSG, City, these huge clubs uh, uh, can only afford his wages. So there are not many teams that he can just walk into. So selling him would be very, very hard and keeping him on the bench also is not something we want. So there is a solution that is you're not yet there, but um, he needs to be, you know, uh, loaded off from the squad. Uh, what do you think, Aditya? Uh, I think with Pedri in such good form and uh, even Koidado has been playing really well for the B team. So I think he will also get the... Uh, push up at some point because even uh, I think uh, even under Kiki Satyan he was uh, got into the main team and he played uh, played a few minutes before even before Ricky Pooch even though there was uh, uh, social media and all that with Ricky Pooch but then uh, Koidado played really well and he had a really long injury and now he's back and he's playing really well so I think uh, it's going to be really hard for Coutinho to come back. So thank you guys for again listening uh, to our podcast. This was the special uh, Christmas slash New Year slash uh, first of 2021 episode. So hope you've enjoyed it. Leave your comments below. Um, I always appreciate your feedback. So if you have some questions, please let us know. We're going to promote again the next one um, before we actually do it. So we can include your questions again. And yeah, from me, Pukit, uh, Aditya and Sahil, thank you for listening and see you next time. So uh, this season has been far from okay. So let's remove the word okay from the dictionary. This season has been bad for every Varsa fan there is in the world. Uh, and my extremely practical and realistic prediction for this season is that we don't go past PSG in the Champions League now as they have announced they have been, uh, Pointed Poch as the coach uh, that we're going to mention later as well. Um, and uh, for, uh, as far as La Liga is, is concerned, I think we're, we're just going to finish top four. Just, you know, on the edge. It might be on goal difference, might be by a point. We're just going to finish top four. I think that's my prediction uh, for this season, practically speaking. And for the Copa del Rey, I just don't see it as a competition, as a relevant competition for us. So I don't see us taking that very seriously. Um, but 
as far as the league and the champions league is concerned uh, that's what i think uh, what do you think sahil uh, how is your prediction lined up for the season Mm, like uh, i don't have any realist i mean i don't have any aims of winning the trophies you know this season i mean i'm kind of a bit uh, laid back this season since we are like we are we don't have like a proper structure and all which are things which are very detailed things which i can discuss later on in any podcast so um, my um, for the league actually my will be top 3 i am not saying that we will be third i am just saying top 3 because i think like don't quote me on this but i might i think real madrid might drop points i think so i have this gut feeling though it might be due to being a barcelona fan as well of course but no i think we will be in the top 3 for sure for ucl i think it's a must that we go past psg you know like uh, they just uh, sad tokel and now pochettino has came and um, he has to do all the rebuild so i think this is the perfect opportunity to go past them i think um, we can aim for quarter finals i mean first mutual win is everyone's dream but let's be realistic over here so i feel that we don't I, my aim is in the usl we just don't face another humiliation that's what i expect you know but fighting spirit should always be high that's the key i mean even if we are getting battered we have to be fighting which we are doing so yeah i think quarters will be good enough and copa del rey um I don't know if we can win that competition or not, but I think we should try and win it. I'm not saying we have to. I think we should. We have to give a maximum in that competition, you know. Since it is one leg, and uh, underdogs are also getting, you know, a fair chance to win that competition. I mean, the way we are going, we are probably the underdogs, of course. So yeah, I think in the Copa del Rey we should win. But uh, my expectation will be, I mean, I predict that we might get knocked out. Aditya, where do you where do you stand on the season so far, and what what do you feel is the logical expectation? Let's say. I think uh, I differ from Sahil by saying that uh, I don't think we'll have uh, that good a chance to come in the top four even because uh, if you talk about La Real, that is uh, Real Sociedad, they were very very strong. I think. Uh, the fact that you beat them at home it was because uh, even david silva and all were not there were many absentees i think atletico will make it to the top two real madrid always like finds a way in difficult situations if you remember the end of last season when uh, we always expected them to drop at least one point they didn't drop a single point and uh, they carried through through the whole league so i think like real madrid will be in the top 3 then atletico will be there and there about and uh, even la real is going strong then if you talk about other teams you can see that sevilla is above us because uh, even though they have played uh, fewer games and uh, even villarreal is a really strong team under emery so i don't know like top 5 seems really hard from this point of view but then uh, if we talk about psg i think uh, neymar is most probably out for the game for the first leg at least so i think um, first leg is at home for barca and uh, neymar is home uh, neymar is uh, injured so if you get a substantial goal difference in that game i think there might be a chance but then otherwise i see a very bleak possibility for barca against in that game um the interesting part is that 
um, we pretty much have, apart from Aditya, obviously, that <laughs> I don't want to say quite pessimistic, but in uh, in the way that the season is gone so far, pretty um, pretty understandable uh, is his concerns of uh, finishing in the top four. Um, however, I'm looking at the table and at the moment we are four points away from top four with two games in hand. So if they win the, both games, they are basically in the top four. And not in the top four, they are in the top three sitting third so in terms of the top four i still feel that um is achievable if you like um however and why 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 i think is achievable is because of the presidential elections and uh, if that is the actual um the actual case that everybody in the club was not happy with the previous president and uh, just the whole environment around the club was not good enough so with the new president coming in i think there is a little bit of more of a chance of the the team, if you'd like, to come together and put a put some series of series of performances together. And um, the top four, I think, is achievable. So I'm not going to say which position is going to be on the top four. I don't think it's gonna, they're going to win the league, but I don't think they're going to be out of the top four either. So somewhere in there, if you'd like. <laughs> uh, and in terms of the Champions League, guys, I'm I'm definitely not scared of. Paris Saint-Germain um, in the in the round of 16. However, I can see I can see Barcelona getting knocked out of Paris Saint-Germain because, uh, by Paris Saint-Germain, and um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world uh, to be to get knocked out of the of the Champions League, considering all the things that happened during the season and uh, in the summer and all of that. But I think it's going to be a little bit more of a of a reason, if you'd like, to play against Paris Saint-Germain is going to be more motivation uh, from the team because of uh, all the links for Messi, with Pochettino now being the coach, uh, with Di Maria still playing in there, with Neymar still, still playing in there. So this is a, this is definitely a game that I'm looking forward to with quite a lot of excitement. So uh, it's pretty open to me. Uh, but at the end of the day, Looking at the, all the fixtures in the Champions League, looking at uh, looking at the possible draws and stuff like that, I think quarterfinal is the is the more or less maximum, if you like, uh, what this team can achieve. So that is a top four and a quarterfinal of Champions League. I think is a not a not a pleasing season, but uh, it will be considered an okay season, if you'd like. Fucking <laughs> not happy with that, but still. Um, anyway, you know me so well, man. I'm so not happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 anything <laughs> apart from a treble is not is not acceptable. Uh, guys, in terms of the in terms of La Liga <clears throat> and the way that the the way that the table is uh, structured right now, if you like, we have teams as Real Sociedad, Villarreal, and Sevilla uh, ahead of us, and um, yeah, not really. Not really the, the the toughest of teams, but considering the way that we play away from home and the way that um, the team tends to not be that comfortable away from home, uh, the next three games are in the space of six days. So tomorrow we play Huesca. Uh, then we go, that's the 3rd of January. Then on the 6th, we go to Athletic Bilbao. And then on the 9th, we go to Granada. So these are three away games, 
and um, oh, and then the then is the uh, Super Copa, the semi-final of the Super Copa away at Real Sociedad. Then we still go away to Elche. So we, we, in January we're gonna play only one game at home, and that's gonna be against Athletic Bilbao. Uh, I think if there's gonna be any chance of us uh, pushing pushing harder for the league. We need to make sure that we're not dropping points uh, again away from home. I'm not sure what do you guys feel about that. And uh, yesterday, I'm asking you now um, to to give your opinion on the things that Ronald Koeman said, if you like. Um, how he said, basically, I'm not going to say that we are out of the race for the league, but I'm not going to say that we're favorites either when we are 10, 11 points behind. So he's kind of on the fence uh, sitting at the minute in terms of the La Liga title. So what do you feel what do you feel this next month uh, is gonna tell for the for how basically the season is gonna turn out for Barcelona? Do you think it's gonna be vital or do you think at the end of the day it's still quite early to to make some conclusions out of those out of the next month? Uh, I think uh, our away form uh... <laughs> has not been good, has it, uh, for the past two, three years at least. And uh, we always struggle. And this season, how you mentioned that, how things have panned out. And tough away games, of course, the game against Athletic Club is the toughest, or the most trickiest um, in the next four, five games. So, we and we cannot afford to lose points. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, what Koeman said about not being favourites, uh, but not ruling us out either. I think... Now reality is sinking in for Ronald Koeman that okay, uh, top four seems impossible, or maybe the title of course seems impossible, and top four seems uh, difficult more than ever. So that's why he's kind of you know on the fence as you mentioned. Um, so of course it's a tough run, and um, if we if we manage somehow to get all three points from all the, all four games before the Super Copa, all three games. I think there is some some hope for uh, I think for the fans and some hope for uh, top four and going forward in the uh, games in the future, coming games in the next month. Uh, what do you think, Sahil, of of the run-in that we have in the next two weeks? Mm, uh, I think uh, see, not it's not really possible to gain uh, three points in all games. Even uh, you know we give our best. Uh, the problem majorly lies in sco- uh, in creating more chances to score goals you know like uh, we actually we had uh, we are going good in that but our finishing is lacking like uh, joro said in the start that uh, due to the defensive lapses uh, we are giving away too uh, too many points and he's correct with that point we are but i think as much as the defense is to be blamed it is more upon how our players are not finishing any chances like um, the easy chances you can say you know like uh, I I mean, this is my philosophy, actually, that uh, if you somehow uh, league goals, it's all right. I mean, Jesse Marsh himself said that um, I encourage my players to make mistakes. But then if we are not finishing uh, chances, then it's of no use. You can't really blame the defense. Hey, you guys made mistakes. We lost points. I mean, it's the, you know, the responsibility of everyone to score goals. So, yeah, again, coming to the main point, uh, I'm not uh, expecting them to, uh, you know, uh, take the three points in every game. But I just hope that the uh, team tries 
to take the three points in the easy fixtures, the fixtures where you think that, okay, they can actually uh, take it like the Huska one. Um, Granada, I'm not so sure we can uh, win that game, but I would expect them to win the game. So, yeah. Aditya, how do you feel about the the next month, if you like? Do you think it's going to be... By the way, do you feel as well the Supercopa should be should be taken seriously uh, or we just should like play play Ricky Pucci and Alenia <laughs> in there uh, I mean to be honest I would play Ricky Pucci and Alenia from the start in most games anyways so I think uh, but then if we talk about Supercopa anyways because uh, it might be our only chance to win a trophy because uh, the other teams might be taking the league a little more seriously with the congestion nowadays and uh, uh, fixtures and the uh, injuries and the COVID and everything. I think uh, that might be our only chance to win a uh, cup. I don't think it's going to be easy because we are getting real of that away uh, in the beginning itself. So um, I think Barca should, but then uh, yeah, let's see. I think uh, if you talk about the other games, uh, uh, other than uh, I think Sahil spoke about this month. If you talk about the rest of the season, right? Um, Sevilla away, Real Sociedad away, and then trip to Santiago Bernabeu, Real away and Valencia away. You see that so many away uh, important fixtures are there and it's going to be really hard for Barca to take three points from everything. So I think the easier games and the games against uh, relegation teams, I think it is uh, even more crucial for Barca to uh, improve their finishing. But then I think by the time the PSG game comes, I think uh, uh, we'll get to know the basic uh, standing uh, of Barca with respect to the other teams. And um, even more important players like Ansu Fati will be back and uh, Gerard Piquet will be back. So um, let's hope that uh, they pick up their form. Also, also Kuman might not be there just to add to Aditya's point. Uh, when Pep comes in, uh, we might not see Koeman in charge, depending on how January pans out in terms of our uh, league position and everything else. Uh, so we'll ha- a lot of things are you know in the air, a lot of unanswered questions that we'll know in Feb only. So it's uh, to add to your uh, uh, question, Joru, it ma- it's also like uh, a little uh, unpredictable because of that. You know, it's still in the air. So yeah. To be quite honest, yeah, I understand completely because of the, um, if you if you'd like a month ago in the season, a month ago like this time, we had pretty much everybody calling, oh, Kuman is clueless, he should go, like get him out of here, basically. And uh, I'm not going to say that the results were improved, but at the end of the day, we understand that there is so much uh, mess basically in Barcelona at the minute. So if you if you just point your finger at Kuman and say, oh, it's his fault for everything, I don't think it's kind of fair. But on the other hand, why you, the, the reason you're mentioning if Kuman is going to be there is because, yeah, like if the same away form continues in January, I don't think he's going to be there in February, you know, because we have five games, six games you have in January that is going to be played <clears throat> and uh, you have only one home game. So... Uh, they better start improving because uh, I think the 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 way the way that the new president is going to think about the situation is that he needs to to inject some energy and some positivity into the team. So 
if that cannot happen with just the arrival of the new president and possibly, I don't know, making a, a transfer for what, for seven days, um, I don't know how that's going to happen. But if just the new president doesn't serve as that motivation and the inspiration, if you like, for the team, I think Ronald Koeman is going to be is going to be the next uh, domino to fall, if you like. So, yeah, uh, pretty, pretty important point uh, ahead in terms of uh, the way that the team is going to basically uh, lay the foundation for the next season and the season after that and the season after that. Because, you, you, like, in, um, in this environment of the football that we live in uh, nowadays, you just don't, don't really play game for game and hope. Uh, it's kind of more planned and prepared for uh, people who are looking long term and stuff like that. So at the moment, we're basically looking at game to game and hope we improve. So I think with the new president, uh, some stability is going to come in and hopefully the team is also uh, feed off that and they obviously improve their performances on the field. Um, for the next uh, segment, obviously, we have the, the West game tomorrow. And... Um, I'm going to start with Puk here. Do you think uh, we've seen, like, obviously we've not seen enough from Ricky Puch and uh, Carlos Salenio, but do you feel that we've seen uh, their last days at the club and any chances of probably them playing tomorrow or are we going to go with the same old, same old and just hope that the now the new formation 3-4-2-1 is, uh, is going to do the job? How do you feel about the tomorrow's game? I mean, uh, first starting with Pooja and Elenia. I am starting with Pooja and Elenia, but Ronald Koeman does not start with Pooja and Elenia. I mean, what's wrong with him? Everyone asks, every Barca fan or rather football fan in the world, if you will, has that question. How the hell is Pooja and Elenia not starting this uh, in this Barca team? You know, more for Pooja rather, not, not much for Elenia, more for Ricky Pooja. How is he not in the starting 11 week in, week out? I mean, I, I don't think God knows the answer to that question. So, I think um, Pooja and Elenia, I, I saw a tweet, I think a couple of days back, wherein Elenia is looking for a club on loan uh, without an option to buy, of course. He wants to come back to Barca and succeed here. Uh, I think they might leave in January, but I think Pooja is just waiting for um, the new president and the new manager, possibly potentially Xavi, to come in and you know just you know inject him to the squad because Xavi knows uh, how he was being treated. You know when Xavi started his career in Barcelona, I was uh, reading on Twitter, uh, he was also in the same position wherein Kriki Pooja is right now. He was considered as a cancer and. Um, you know, he, he was out of favor basically with the manager. I don't know who the manager was at the time. Might, might be Van Hall. No, not it, it was before Van Hall, I think. So I think and, he was even booed in the stadium and all that. I remember reading that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had a pretty bad start to his career, but then you know he he had options to leave also. He but he wanted to succeed in Barca and look, he is of course arguably one of the best midfielders ever play who ever played the game. So Pipuj is in, in a similar situation. Uh, so. I think he might leave in January, but I, of course, or no one wants him to. Same with Elena also, that they want. Let's see them succeed in Barca colors and Barca shirts. Um, so, but I don't think Uman will go will go as far as starting Pooj tomorrow. He will stick with De Jong and Pedri. I think the lineup's going to be uh, Ter Stegen in goal, um, 
uh, Alba and Des as the fullbacks with three at the back, Longley, Mingwesa and Araujo, like we have seen in the past two games. And Pooj, oh, sorry, not Pooj, uh, De Jong and uh, Pedri in the midfield and uh, Dembele Breathfield on the wings with Messi in the centre. I, I think he'll uh, sit out Griezmann for this one. Breathfield has been playing better than Griezmann uh, so far, like in the past four or five games at least. Um, so I think that's going to be the lineup. Uh, he might bring in Pooj because Coutinho is out injured, right? So he might bring in Pooj uh, uh, in, in place of Pedri or maybe like um, he brings in Pooj and Pjanic and then uh, subs one of the centre-backs also and moves De Jong, uh, De Jong back in the back in the back line because uh, as you mentioned, we have uh, two, three games in six days. Uh, so we'll have to rest players and given Umtiti is also out injured with a, or a stomach problem rather. So I think that's going to be it uh, for, for the lineup. Uh, what do you think, uh, Joru, how will Huesca line up for this one? I think because of the because um, <clears throat> this is their first game against Barcelona and um, they find themselves this season obviously and they find themselves mm, not in particularly good position uh, being last in the table and uh, having only one win out of sixteen games. Um, I don't feel that they're gonna they're gonna try to surprise uh, Barcelona with anything. Um, that significant in terms of uh, shape and the way that they they're gonna go about uh, the game. I think they're gonna sit back. I think they're gonna pray and hope that they have the opportunity to go and counter attack at some point. But at the end of the day, I don't feel that um, they can win the game. However, we've uh, as uh, Sahil mentioned before about the the waste is uh, the, the the wasting of chances that we have uh, this season, which is uh, particularly Griezmann. I mean, some of the chances that he missed were absolutely awful. Like you, you, you cannot even believe how he can miss uh, those chances. But at the end of the day, that I think shows a little bit more of the of the level of confidence, if you like, that we have uh, in the team at the minute, and the, that is pretty pretty low. So. I think the only possible way for for Wesco to to actually get something out of the game is similar to to the bar game. If uh, there is a mistake in Barcelona's defense, they're gonna try capitalize from there, do something out of that. Otherwise, probably sit back and be uh, pretty pretty happy getting on getting a draw out of that uh, out of that game. Their only problem. Um, in terms of their form this season, is that they, they just cannot manage to win the games. They have they've played 16 games. They won only one, as we said as we said before, but they've lost six. Like they drew nine games, so that's uh, more than half of their games that they've uh, they've drawn. So tough opponent, obviously, but um, I think I think Barcelona going to have uh, enough to actually manage to win that game and uh, get a little bit of a better position. In terms of the table and in terms of the games in hand that they have, so I think a win is going to be is going to do um, it's going to be pretty um, how to say it um, expected result if you like. So I'm going to go for a, for my prediction. I'm going to go for a three-one for Barcelona, and um, hopefully I'm not I'm not that uh, wrong because as we as we know before, some of those predictions are just uh, miles away from what's going to happen in the game. So. I think I'm going for a 3-1. Uh, fingers crossed, if you like. So, yeah, that's my thing. Uh, Pukit, what's your score? And then we're going to go to Sahil and Aditya with theirs. Uh, 
I think uh, we're going to go for a, I'm going to going for a win actually of course uh, like you but for me it will be a 2-0 win because I think Hoska will be hard to bring down as you said in going to skip sit back you know so and they'll just going to play like a 6-4 <laughs> formation kind of a thing um so i think i'm going to go with a 2-0 win for us yeah uh, what do you think aditya is going to be the score line predicted score line uh, i think before the score line if i point out the two things i think uh, two players that most uh, people listening to the podcast will remember is uh, okazaki who was from the uh, leicester city team that won the premier league along with uh, vardy and mares and kante and all those guys he's in the huesca team Another player that they might remember is Sandro Ramirez from uh, Barca. He was with Munir and uh, MSN and all that under Lucho. And um, I think we shouldn't uh, like uh, downgrade them and think that uh, they're not such a good team because they did uh, kind of well by blocking the center playing in a 4-1-4-1 kind of or 4-4-2 kind of uh, shape against uh, Atletico and uh, countered really really well. and uh, i think it depends on uh, what lineup kuman puts out because if he puts up a really good uh, winger against uh, 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 this type of team with the dembele or uh, trincao or someone on the right instead of griezmann pedri messi or uh, brathwaite uh, pedri kind of uh, thing then we might uh, win tunnel that is my prediction mm, sahil do you think uh, as well do you go for a win um uh, yeah we will win for sure i think uh, uh, we won't be uh, facing much problems but uh, i saw the huesca versus salta match uh, some days back and uh, uh, they were actually good you know they weren't giving up till the final minute and they were almost on the verge of scoring the equalizer salta won uh, 2-1 by the way but uh, we can't underestimate them but i think uh, this game should be an absolute win nothing less than a win for sure for me i think the score line can be like 2-0 i guess 2-0 3-0 or if wukazaki uh, you know turned into prime anti barca player so he might score and uh, as aditya said sandro ramirez is with them which i wasn't probably aware of so maybe just maybe he can score also they have antiveros if i'm not uh, making his name i'm not uh, pronouncing his name wrong i think even he is good so yeah we have to just be aware it that's my you know general um, idea that we shouldn't take them lightly and uh, we should be creating chances and scoring as much as we can i think ontiveros has uh, two goals in two league games and uh, that is kind of a uh, record in huesca's uh, history or something like that and uh, so i think this is the third home game for him in a row so i think uh, he's in hot form at the moment yeah uh, true true absolutely also how can we forget if if i am not wrong correct me over here if i am not wrong then isn't sandro ramirez the one who scored the brace against and is in the 16 17 league season after that psg game which led us to being a, a few points drop off madrid if i am not wrong that was the thing right i think he was at deportivo i don't know really so it it's that sandro ramirez right Uh, uh yeah he did as well a, he was sold to everton after that if i'm not wrong as well and he played he didn't play actually um, he didn't play too much in there but 
he went with uh, high hopes, more or less, in there, but didn't didn't really turn out to be the greatest of um, of careers so far, if you like, for a for a talent for La Masia. Okay. In terms of the guys, we're gonna start with the uh, with the audience questions, and um, there are there are a couple of quite interesting ones, and I'm gonna when we do the news section in a second as well to to bring our audience uh, up to some of the things that that happened with Barcelona and um, in Europe around the last couple of weeks while we were off. Um, I just want to start with the. The first question that we have we selected here, and that is from Goku Black, uh, who who asked uh, how do Barcelona restore their winning mentality? Uh, because at the moment it seems it is long gone. Um, to be quite honest with you, that that really doesn't happen uh, overnight and doesn't really happen just uh, two three games uh, into the season or midway through the season. Uh, in my opinion, it just goes to show you how much of um, of a bad period, if you'd like, was the last two, three years under that, um, under the presidentship of uh, Bartomeu. And um, I think somewhere over there was lost in terms of uh, what was lost. It was the the motivation and the drive, if you like, because, OK, we go and uh, we go back to what season, if you like, to the Roma knockout. Um, OK, that can happen. And everybody said, not acceptable, but these things can happen. So the season following that, we go to Liverpool and that happens again. But while we and we just decide to, to what, neglect it or I don't know. Because the way that these uh, defeats were handled, I don't believe that they were uh, handled the best way possible. Because if you look at the, the defeats itself, yeah, it's just one game. But we were not really battered. Um, neither by Roma nor by Liverpool. We were battered by Liverpool in in England, but the game the game in Spain could have finished five 0 easily. They could have finished three three as well. Don't get me wrong. They like Liverpool had a lot of chances, but uh, there is just something just something missing. Just the final step. So it was missing back then. It felt like. So the people, the, the presidentship decided to go and just invest even more money and more money and more money, and that didn't turn out to be the, to be the the best solution, if you'd like. So the team basically from then, instead of just trying to work out on how can actually do that final step and actually go to the final, to the Champions League and win the actual cup, um, instead of that we just took a nose dive straight away and. Um, you see, Ernesto Valverde was fired after losing two games into the season, in the midway through the season. Some people like it, some people don't like it. But from then on, it has been um, not really a winning mentality. It seem, seems to be uh, just people being plucked uh, into places trying to stop uh, the bleeding, if you like. That doesn't happen. We're going to buy another one or we're going to appoint a new coach. So it was more of a chaotic um Chaotic um, presidentship of uh, Bartomeu, if you like, the last couple of years, especially. So, somewhere over there, I think the club lost the um, lost just the, its uh, identity and lost what it was meant to be. Just play for a win, play to um, how to say to excite and bring fun and joy to the fans. So, <clears throat> I think over there, 
somewhere over there is the is the actual question and the, the actual answer lies in there. What happened and how do we go from a treble winning side to to a side that gets trashed from uh, from Bayern Munich um, by eight goals? So I think the answer is somewhere over there. In that basically in that last year, 2020, if you'd like. Um, the next question is from uh, Crispin Messi, and he's asking, are you leaning toward Font or Laporta? Uh, me personally, I'm leaning toward Font because he seems to have a clear plan. So, Pukit, let me let me shove that question to you, if you'd like. And um, what do you feel? Who should be the next president from those two? Font or Laporta? Uh, I'm I'm with you on this, Tajuru. I completely support Font and his project. I've I've seen his interviews, I've read articles about him as well. He's been uh, developing his project for seven years, hasn't he? And Xavi is the uh, basically the nucleus of uh, all his uh, strategy and everything. And uh, he his his vision, see Al Futur, which is yes to the future. He's really building a project of the future, and La Portas is the one maybe going to the past, you know. So although uh, recently I saw this poll uh, put out by Mundo Deportivo, wherein they um, mentioned uh, the percentage uh, win percentage of the presidents. And uh, Laporta was 52 point something percent, and then this, uh, then this, uh, followed by Victor Font, he was 13.2 percent. So, still, I think members are uh, leaning towards Laporta because of the, of course, the success that he's had. Cruyff, uh, he was there with when Cruyff was there, and uh, the golden years of Pep and Messi and everything. So, there's an emotion. Emotional connect, uh, if you will, uh, attached to Laporta and the club. And he's not a bad president. Of course, he's a great president. I'm not saying that. But I think his era is over, I believe. Now it's time for something new, something for the future. And I think that's why Font should win. But it, of, of course, it remains to be seen. Although it's either one of them. It's either Font or Laporta. No one else comes close. Comes close. Uh, what do you think, uh, Sahil, uh, about the presidency, next presidency? Uh, actually, <laughs> what can I say? The, actually, Font Laporta, this debate has divided the fans a lot. Like some some uh, group of fans Font Laporta because he has done uh, he was uh, brilliant with his job in Ernest tenure and some want Font. But uh, I like personally, I want Font because he has been working hard for his uh, plan for like the past six years. You know, like he has been constantly developing relationships with the ex Barcelona players with the strategists, with the you know the core people who knows about the football as he as he himself said that he wants to employ uh, people who knows about what uh, they they um, about addressing the problem and how to find solutions so for that optimism and how he has uh, shown his blueprint to the world i would definitely uh, lean towards font i'm not saying that i hate or i don't want laporta i'm good with him also but personally yeah my personal preference would be font definitely what about you aditya i think if you talk about the older uh, generation of the socies that are uh, in majority as uh, what i heard uh, i think they like laporta for the reason of his uh, you saw the pomp the 
the grandeur and the pomp that uh, Laporta brings to the table. If you look at the poster near the Bernabeu and things like that, you know, those are the kind of things that he brings to the table. Um, I think the thing that uh, down, uh, downgrades font is his uh, interviews of sorts and, uh, you know, when he said that uh, Komen will be removed and then he, he retracted his statement and uh, things like that, you know, I think uh, I, I really like his point of view that he... Um, delegates uh, important uh, matters to the specialists and uh, uh, I think we'll have to wait for uh, Laporta to come out of this plan to make an actual judgment.